Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes. We're no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making. From the practical strategies you can implement today. Changing it up this episode, it's a Sasshole Sound Off. Sharing tips and tricks this time around. Today, we're talking about our takeaways from Wedding MBA. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Sound off number 13 of the wedding sassholes. That's so fucking dramatic every time. I know. I love it. Someday maybe we'll be like big kids and like pre-record an entry, like have one of those like fancy pre-recorded ones. So then- No, I, I like being dramatic every time. <laughs> I know. I, I, I always wonder if like we had that with... with how many takes would we have to do of you saying it until you found one you liked? But this way, if they, we could, just... only, if they could only see the faces I make when I oh say, "Oh my god!" Someday, maybe we'll let you guys have access to video, oh, but not man. yet, not yet. <laughs> well, we are back at it here at the podcast. Um, the Sassholes back in action, and Wedding MBA was great. It was November twenty twenty three, and Vanessa, this was your second time. What'd you yeah. think? I'm not a virgin anymore. It's amazing. Nope. We popped that cherry last year. So what about this year? No, it was good. I think it was a really good year. It was very different from last year because if you guys don't know, Shannon has a second business now. It is the wedding, it, not the wedding, the venue helped us and it officially launched at Wedding MBA this year. So it was very different because you had a booth. I got to help with that. Um, you got to speak quite. So it was very different from last year, but it was yeah. very exciting. I still got to sit down on different sessions, but it was just very different from the year before because we were actually involved in the conference more this year. Yeah. And I think the focus shifts in a great way. I mean, obviously it's something, um, venue help desk is a B2B resource. So, um, there's a little bit of a hole in the industry when it comes to education and resources and things like that for venues specifically. And so me and my business partners, Ian, Jose Ramirez, and Paul Petty from Madeira Estates. They own a venue over in Texas. Um, we've kind of come together to build this resource platform for venues specifically, but it was such a shift because we had a booth. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to say like the plus, the pros and cons, like obviously the pros are we launched a business and it was so great. But the con for me was I love education. I fucking love learning. And so having two presentations to teach, a booth to set up, figuring out the flow of that it was the first time we had done it. So we pulled all this stuff and had to kind of figure it all out. It's not like we're rinse, wash, repeat. We've done it a million times with this. So I think that for me, I've got some great takeaways to share with you. But one of my takeaways was that you really have to figure out how to maximize educational opportunities. And so now in the future, wedding MBA is always going to look like this for me, right? I'm going to present a few times. I'm going to, so it's not going to always be the place that I get to go get my education that I get to be able to learn from. I know a few that my speaker friends had cool topics and I'm like, oh, are you recording that? And they shared some videos so I could watch them after the fact, but I couldn't get my head in the learning space because I was focused on the business space and the launch space Mm -hmm. and the B2B aspect. So but I'm going to maximize some of the other education this year. I'm speaking also at TSE Cater Source, but I'm going to make sure that I, I'm only speaking once for each conference. They overlap. So I'm going to, I'll be at TSE Cater Source, but I'm going to really take the time at that conference to grab like three or four sessions that I really want to learn from um, and be able to grow that knowledge because it was different, but it was still an amazing conference. 
it was still very exciting. It was just very different because you asked yeah. how my second year was. I'm just saying it's very different. Yeah. So I, I helped with venue help. I helped set it up. I didn't help run the booth because yeah. I did do all the education. Um, so I have more of takeaways from sessions that I sat in on. So let's just go ahead and start off with, yeah, I'm, I'm a numbers girl. If you haven't noticed, I'm a baker. So I love science. I love numbers. And when people start talking about statistics, when it comes to the couples that we work with, I'm like all in, like, I want to know the numbers. So one of the sessions I sat in on was the, um, CEO of the knot, and he was discussing Gen Z. Obviously this is our youngest couples that we're working with. We need to speak their language. I'm a millennial. I don't speak Gen Z, but I'm starting to. So I have to admit when I sat in on the session, I was surprised by some of the stuff he was saying. But then when I reflect on the meetings I've had with clients since, it totally makes sense. So some of the things that he said that were surprising to me is Gen Z um, recognizes that weddings are expensive. Yes. But 66% of them see it as an investment and will make the investment because they think that it it is very important for modern society that marriage is important and it still needs to continue. So even though like my my generation, we haven't been getting married as much, the millennial group, the Gen Zs, 90% of them are saying that they want to get married and want to have a reception. Yeah, so, so let me important. tell you what I take away from that. If you're a newer business, meaning like you just started. So I get it. People who are like, I don't want to say on their way out, but they've been in it 20, 30 years. Maybe they're retiring from weddings in the next five years. You'll see a little bit of this, but you're also going to continue to see a little bit of a decline because the millennials, this isn't really their attitude. So they're taking longer, you know, and they're not really looking at it in from that perspective. But if you're a brand new business, it's coming back, meaning like the number of weddings will continue to increase and things like that. So that's a cool stat. I like that. But I think it's also important to remember that if you're not seeing more of the younger generation that are inquiring with you, it means that your marketing and what you're doing in general, you need to start to speak their language and market where they where are. They're so at. you need to find yes, you need to find them where they're at. So regardless of their marital status, like if they're engaged in a relationship, it doesn't matter. 78% of them are already planning a wedding. Like they already have started the Pinterest board and have been looking at different clients or not different clients. They've been looking at different vendors, even though they're not engaged yet. If they're in a relationship, 78% of them are mentally already starting to plan. So they're already looking at places in the area or vendors that they see at other people's weddings. They're already doing that, which is crazy to me. But even though they're not engaged, they're already figuring it out. I think that that, I've seen Pinterest boards, but actually looking into vendors before you're even engaged, that to me was shocking. Yeah. I mean, I think when Pinterest first came out, we all got a little crazy. Like, I think I was single. I wasn't even in it, but I was like, oh, look at all this pretty wedding shit. And I started pinning stuff. I just found that board on Pinterest the other day. I literally just found it and I opened it up and was like, who in God's name? And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh God, I pinned that. In like 2007, of course, that was cool then. Like, it's all trash right. now. But yeah, they no. <laughs> are, they, yeah, Pinterest is not the surprise, but the looking at vendors. And I think some of that is social media, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're a bridesmaid in a wedding and the bride, you know, shared and tagged all their vendors. And that girl's like, well, I'm in a relationship for two years. I'm probably getting engaged soon. And they'll jump in and start following. And, you know, they're like, damn, I love that DJ. I want to make sure I kind of stay on top of who they are and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the other statistic that I thought was interesting was they are not, 
they are looking for life mates. So they're taking a little longer because they don't want to be part of the divorce rate, which if we, if you know, it's like 50% in America, yeah. um, they don't want to be part of that statistic. So they're taking longer to find their life mate because they don't want to ever have to redo this situation. So 60% of overall couples that are getting married are waiting longer. So they are more in their late 20s and early 30s, early to mid 30s. So the range, the age range has shifted to a little later in life. Yeah, not too much later, but it has shifted because they are being more selective and taking more time than rushing into things, which I thought was really interesting also. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, we're all seeing that just with the couples that are showing up in front of us. I think there's a lot less parents involved because the couples are older when they're like 23, mm-hmm. 24, 25. The parents have a much, not even just financially, but a much more helping hand in planning the wedding. But we're, we've mm-hmm. seen such a, a shift in that in the last few years, um, just because the couples themselves are getting a little bit older. That's some yeah, cool stats. Yeah. It is cool stats. I, I enjoyed it. It was really interesting to me just because. I just love numbers and I love figuring out the new generation. Yeah. And my biggest takeaway from that, truly from something you said was you have to be marketing where the next generation is at. And so you can't just, you know, rest on your laurels of doing the same stuff and expecting to get in front of different people um, as a part of that. You can't, you can't market like you did in the nineties in the 2020s. You can't do that. So if you are been around for a while and you think, this has always worked. If you're not getting that younger generation, it's because you're not in their market. Like you're not in the areas that they are. Mm, I love that. So my takeaways are going to be a little different this year because I brought my team with me. So one of the things that I did want to share is really the benefits of bringing your staff people with you, even if they're part-time people. So you know, part of the Wedding MBA is an inexpensive conference. And if you kind of play the hotel game, right, where like we stay in suites where it's like a two bedroom suite, it's got a kitchen, it's got extra bed, you know, it's not as expensive as you think. It's actually cheaper than getting four hotel rooms. Um, Mm -hmm. There's opportunities and ways to do it. But I think that investing in your team when you've got people who work for you under the age of 40 is I don't care. I literally told them both if they leave with one banger takeaway, one that we're going to implement and we're going to just go all in on this year was my goal. And so neither one of them had ever been to a national conference like that. So I kind of trained them on how you pre-check sessions and how you pre-select and how do you maximize your time. And um, the response from them, so this is one of my like, company's biggest takeaways is really investing in your team and looking for opportunity. Maybe not everybody has the money to bring them to Vegas and whatever. Um, One of the tricks that one of my mentors taught me was to have them pay for their own flight. And that might seem counterintuitive, but when you're a really small business and you're starting out and you want to bring people with you and they are really excited to learn, it's kind of like when you put up free tickets or paid tickets or you buy a course or you get a course for free. When there's skin in the game, they treat it differently. So everybody on my team had to buy their own plane ticket. We all flew together, but they had to buy their own tickets in and out and we got them at a good deal. I did all the hunting when I booked, they booked, you know, whatever, but 
Um, there was skin in the game for them because they invested also. I took care of most of the things while we were there. You know, financially, if we were all in the same Uber, I paid for the Uber. You know, if we all went out to dinner, I bought the meal. Like all of those things we took care of. But we all went to go see a show. I bought the tickets to the show. So I just think it's remembering to look for those opportunities. Maybe it's not wedding MBA in Las Vegas during in November, which might be a busy season for you, but really look to see, are there any educational opportunities or conferences or online courses? You all can lock yourselves in a room and learn together for a day. But like, what are those opportunities where you're reinvesting back in your team? Because I'll tell you what I invested into the two of them. I got back 50 fold. And they will probably, I, I, they'll stay. Yeah. Don't you think that also makes them see that you're building a better culture also because you're investing into yeah. your staff? Yeah. Yeah. And how are you going to learn? Like how are, if I'm pushing them to stay ahead of the trend and, and what's coming and whatever, where are they going to learn it? Just hope they get it. Naturally, it's coming to them with what they're listening to. No. Mm -hmm. Put them yeah. in the right places mm -hmm. to give them the education to learn. Mm-hmm. All right, I like it. And I, I know that I know that they liked it because I was there with them. They did. All right. So one of the sessions I sat in on because I am a baker and I love food was called Love at First Bite. I mean, just the name. I was like, yes, salt, interest, peace. Um, in that, some of the top takeaways that I got was 40% of couples are looking for vendors that incorporate their ethnic, religious, and cultural backgrounds. So if you are not changing your menus, this is to my caterers and my cake people and all the people, food and drinks. If you are not starting to cater more to what the couple is looking for, instead of just, this is the menu, this is what it is, you're missing out on a big portion of people. I say that because um, this discussion was all about elevating flavors with comfort foods that were culturally diverse. And they say that because more couples are, we know that they're taking their time. They see this as an investment, yep. but they also want to reflect back on bringing their two cultures together, incorporating their two families in every aspect, the core food, ceremonial um, things at the ceremony or receptacle. like they are doing all of these things. That tradition is coming back. So if, if you are thinking outside of the diversity of your menu, looking for, they are looking for, um, sustainability. They are also looking for dietary concerns. I can't tell you how many times people ask me about different allergies or sugar-free and gluten-free. It's crazy. And I have a whole menu now of just vegan things. Um, but they, they want an immersive experience. So they're looking for things that in, immerse their guests into the experience. They are looking for you incorporating their global flavors, or if there's a, a color tradition, I know in some cultures, there's colors, you need to start looking at those different yeah. things. I'm not saying do all the things, but maybe find in your market, what is heavier in your market and try to find the whole. So we have a um, wedding planner down here that I asked her if like when I'm slower, if I can start following her at her weddings, like um, shadowing, because she's she specifies in Indian weddings. And I think they're absolutely gorgeous. But I know that I am ignorant to all the traditions and all the specialty. I know that okay. about myself. So I asked her if I could job shadow, basically. And she said, absolutely, when you have time, obviously, um, you're welcome to it so that I can start learning and educating myself yeah. on that. Um, but yeah, the couples are looking for 
comfort foods and religious, like I said, religious and culturally things. It's, I think it's great. I love it. And yeah. for me as a food person, I think it's really interesting. But don't you think too, like we make some massive assumptions that the person coming in front of you, that's sitting in front of you that you met with, like, so you look at me and okay, great. I'm white Caucasian. You have no idea what my ethnic background is. What are the food traditions? What are the like... You know, if someone's Italian, you're making big assumptions that maybe they don't have that Middle Eastern or that Indian family or like, you know, you can't look at people and know. And so it's thinking about what are you putting out there when it comes to your marketing? So I'll give you a great example. When I worked in catering, one of um, I had an amazing culinary team and they with every menu, uh, you know, it wasn't just chicken piccata, chicken marsala, same shit, different day. Like not to say we didn't have those things, but on the menu, there'd be like curried chicken this. And, you know, there would be some kind of like Asian flair, you know, sesame chicken that like some kind of Asian flair. Like, so within the things you're already doing, you probably live in a world right now where you say, oh, of course we can do that. Let's stop saying we can do that. And let's start offering it because, Today's couples are looking to tie that in and making sure that you're showing people when you do customize a menu, you do something cool for couples, highlight it. You know, when you're mm -hmm. doing something totally outside the box, maybe it's a station that you came up with for this wedding, go above and beyond to talk about it, post it on your social, write a blog post, you know, do those types of things about it because you might have some of this in your arsenal and you're not really showing people so then they don't know you can. Well, you can also on the flip side of that, you can also incorporate that as a question on your questionnaires or in mm -hmm. your inquiry forms. Is there any, you know, cultural or religious yeah. or ethnic, like, is there something we should know or we should, you know, be aware of? So then when you do have that conversation and you bring that up, not only does it show that you paid attention, but if you do your research before talking to the client, you can sound educated, you like you can show your yeah. professionalism and also the personalization of the entire experience. Well, we've talked in the past about what's your USP or your unique selling proposition. And I think sometimes companies are so afraid to lean in and niche down that they're like, well, I don't want to only be known for that. So a great example is we had a newer caterer come into the market and they're exceptional at food allergies and food challenges. They are just as a chef, it's one of the culinary things they picked up that they they can do the most amazing meal you've ever tasted, completely gluten-free, gluten-free, dairy-free. And it was delicious, no butter, no whatever. And I didn't even realize at the tasting that I was eating a gluten-free menu. I just knew it was delicious. And so I think sometimes when things like this come up, there's a marriage in between, <laughs> pun, there's a marriage in between what the clients are looking for but it's also if you are doing it can do it it might be a great way for you to differentiate yourself from mm -hmm. the competition in the market because they might not have the capability or the knowledge or want to do the work to really position those differentiators so that was a good one well, when when it's a differentiator you guys can charge for it yeah absolutely i'm absolutely. just saying Saying yeah, is all. Because it, it's it's a what makes you different from the guy Correct. down the street. Because otherwise, if you're both just serving chicken piccata and you're $6 more for your chicken piccata, why would they buy yours? It's a, lot mm -hmm. it's a lot harder of a sell versus when you've got, you don't have to ask any, this merit, you know, a menu where this one is starred and this one's a plus and this one's dairy-free, gluten-free. You don't have to ask, can you do it that way? You're already telling them. So. Correct. I think that's a good one. Well, my social media manager for Wedding Venue Map was with us at 
winning MBA. And she's been with the company about six months. And really, um, while there weren't 95 sessions specifically about social media, she really dove into the ones that were there. And we sat down and I said, what's your biggest takeaway? And she was like, I have two. And I said, okay. Um, you know, we're a directory. Wedding Venue Map is a wedding directory, just similar to those national directories. So when you think about what kinds of content do we post about, we're local, we need to kind of hit on some specific things. But outside of that, we're always just trying to find unique and different ways to feature members and to grow an audience, right? Because we want to get couples to follow us so that we can share the news and spread spread the good word and give tips and advice. And so there were two takeaways that she said Um And one of them was face to camera. Now, if you are the kind of vendor or kind of person, and maybe you're like me, maybe you're over 40 and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to put my face on social media. Like, I don't want to have to do that. You know, in that session, the biggest takeaway she took, the person who presented it, the best part was they showed like statistics. So they actually would show a video of a person playing a violin. It was the musician's account. They're, they're playing the violin and it shows them playing the song and they made a reel. They made a second reel where the first part of the video is them talking about how the couple chose that song and the background of that song and why it was important to them and then showed them playing it. Oh my God, the view counts and interaction was like quadruple on the one that had face first. Now it's the same general idea. She just talked for 30 seconds and then put the playing of it. But the face, the camera is such an important piece of today's world in terms of building that know, like, and trust. People don't want to just know, like, and trust the brand. They want to know, like, and trust the people behind the brand. And so face the camera was a huge one. So that was takeaway one. The second takeaway is trending content. And so part of being trending on social media means you also have to be a consumer, not just a creator, right? So you have to be like watching, looking of and seeing what's out there. And so we did a filming day at the end of December. You can head over to the wedding venue map account on Instagram if you want to see this. But one of the things that was trending in December of 2023 was this type of video that's like, I'm a blank and then sarcastic responses on the other side. So I'll just kind of give you a, a like silly hint. So I did, I'm a wedding professional. 90% of my wardrobe is black. And they might not be cute, but my shoes are always comfortable. And when we throw parties at my house, I go way above and beyond with the decor and whatever, because I'm a, I'm a wedding and event professional. And so we made a reel. Well, it's trending. And it was a reel that covered two things. It was face to camera and trending content. As I'm over here eye rolling, you can't see me, but uh, literally it's the most views we've ever gotten. It's the highest engagement we've ever gotten. And I was like, fuck, she's right. She hates it. She hates it. I hate it. I hate it because I have built other funnels in the business to get leads in other manners and in other ways that didn't require social media. But at the end of the day, I want Gen Z to be following us and interacting with us and the things that Vanessa was saying. And so I have to show up in the ways that they want me to show up. And so we even changed how we're doing helpful tip content because my other brand manager told me I... Listen to this shit. Are you ready? So I'm a one take wonder on video. I'm so excited for this. You have no idea, guys. Yeah. I'm a one take. I'm a one take wonder on video. Vanessa and I, our editor, shout out to Cliff from Soul Rise Entertainment. Cliff, love you, Cliff. Love you, Cliff. 
So um, he doesn't, he just fixes our audio every now and then we have a huge fuck up in the middle and he's got to cut something out, but we are one take wonders. We just get that shit done. Well, guess what? That is not how people are used to consuming video content now. You have to like start, stop the video because they expect it. You can be on the same background, but a different angle because most people can't one take wonder. And they they have to stop and go back and fix and edit. And I don't have to do that shit. I can just talk through the 30 second tip. But now I got to train my brain to start, stop, start, stop, start. I thought I was going to blow. I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst. But we we put two videos side by side. My one take wonder and the start, stop and the start, stop did better. Right. So the takeaway from this is two things. One, get your face on camera or find someone on your team willing to do that. Sharing your expertise, learning, teaching, one. Two, stay on top of what's trending. My tip for this is find a few friends that maybe are more active on social than you. And, you know, let's start a little group DM that's like, this is trending, guys. This is trending. Like, let's work together as a team so that if I had a busy week and I'm not really consuming and Vanessa's like, hey, Shannon, this is trending. doesn't really work for me, but it's trending for you. Like, let's work together to help each other with the trending. And then... Last up is just fucking do it. Just do it. It's the worst. Just do it. I know, Vanessa, you, you can see her face right now. But it is it is a big lead funnel for Vanessa's social media. And so it's fine. Oh, yeah. But and I, my other takeaway is to make sure you test. Because it's easy for me to say, it's not going to be any different. And then now Danielle's proving me wrong. And I think that's what she got from Wedding MBA is being able to test type content A, B. It's similar, but just filmed differently or posted differently or different times of day and really test it out. We cranked out reels this whole week to see what time of day was best. Like we posted five in a row, which we never do, but we were testing. So that was our big social media takeaway. It wasn't like overly specific, but I think those are things you can be doing in your business. I love that you're forced to do more social media now. No, she's the devil. She's the devil, the devil. All right. What was your last big takeaway? All right. I'm going to toot, I'm going to toot a horn. <laughs> last but not certainly least, I went to this uh, discussion. It was called, it's getting hot in here. This lady named Shannon, uh, to, to, Shut up. Shut, 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 <laughs> <your face. laughs> oh, shut up. Okay, I did sit in on the session. Um, because I you guys are gonna hate me. I don't do like email campaigns, I don't do like big lead mag. I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't. So it was my weakness. So I sat in on the discussion. And in this, um, one of the first things that she said was if you don't have a link tree in your Instagram bio. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, don't have that. Let's write that down. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first things she said. So, and then the other top, and you can always chime in. Obviously, it was your discussion. Yeah. But the top things that I wrote down, top form, was your top lead magnet locations. Instagram bio, you should have your link tree, but your, your lead magnet should be there. Announcement bar on your website. Three is your SEO to optimize the page. Hello, if you don't have an SEO person or if you don't know what SEO is, you need to find someone that is excellent in that because it is key. And then your fourth one is a post on your Facebook. And then she also, which I'm a whore for, I mean, obviously I whore myself out with vendor events, but what I'm also a whore for of top of education is email templates. I'm a big person on email templates and she gave us a string of email templates that I was like, 
Ooh, yes. Put it in my back pocket. Thank you so much. And how to personalize them so they don't sound like they're just canned emails. Yeah, no, you've got to, um, you know, ultimately the goal of that presentation I gave was really about selling um, how do you sell to warmer leads instead of just mm-hmm. getting cold leads coming in from a directory site? How can you kind of warm them up using some using your expertise and your knowledge and really funneling a little bit more? And so my favorite one on that list that most people really never think about is the announcement bar on a website. And when we say announcement mm-hmm. bar, like when you go onto a website and you know, you see that colored bar across the top. And if you click it, it goes somewhere specific. It's like a secret marketing tool that it should be up 24 seven on your website. And you should just change up the link. So at different times, it can be different things. If you're running a special, if you're doing whatever, it can go to a digital download, like wherever that is. It's like a secret tool in your back pocket that you might not even, it's called the announcement bar. If you have a web team, you can send it to them. You can just Google it on whatever platform you've built on. And yeah, it was fun. That was one of my favorite presentations I've done. I really had a good time with it. So I'm glad. I'm glad I downloaded the slides from your computer. Yeah, she did. She stole my slides. She stole did. Slide. I totally stole his slides. No, it was a, it was a very good presentation. So I do have I have the slides. So I didn't take a lot of notes because yeah. I have the slides. Yeah. And then I just took those and converted them into things into my templates and into my CRM and changed a couple of things on the website. So it's very helpful. It's those little things like that. Like if you get one or two really good nuggets out of each presentation that you go to, it's not, it might not be life changing, but it does make a difference. And it puts you that far ahead of everybody else who doesn't do these. You guys, we say it all the time. You only have to do a smidgen more than everybody else to put you so far ahead of the rest of your um, competition. It's nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't take much to be excellent in this. I mean, I was it just telling it. somebody that I had some great customer service experiences in December. And now that I think back and I was explaining it to them, like out in retail settings, when I was explaining, I was like, oh, that's not even fucking exceptional. Like they just everyone else sucks so bad. That everyone else is the bare decent. minimum. They were decent. And so then I was like, well, that was awesome because it was better than everyone else. So um, all right. So I have I have yeah. one more. I have one more little tip for people. So as Vanessa shared, um, we had a booth with Venue Help Desk. And one of the things that sometimes I think all business owners, we get really excited about a new idea or a new product or a new service or something you want to offer. And I think sometimes we for, we just start and we launch and we put it out there. And Venue Help Desk was a little bit of that. While me, Ian and Paul all had a clear... No, we all had a lot of ideas of things of what we could do with the help desk. We did not have a clear path and clear direction and clear vision. And Wedding MBA was coming quick. And I said, why don't we just take this time to listen to our customers, our potential customers, like, and listen to the industry and listen. And why don't we just ask questions and see what are they really struggling with and how can we best support them? And so... We learned so much. We learned about potential opportunities for sales. We learned about one aspect we were going to do and then we decided not to because as we were asking people, nobody gave a shit. Could you imagine? We would have put hours of energy into something nobody wanted. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important to... What I learned to be able to share with you is to take the time to really ask the questions and listen to your customers, your referral sources. So whether that means like once a year, you do a survey and survey your booked clients or you survey your leads or 
you know, you sit down and invite all of your venue partners in for a tasting, like, or you want to try out new flavors, like where and how can you do that to get legit feedback? Um, so I think it's really important to take the time to stop, ask the questions and really listen before you put too much time into something that doesn't make a difference. We do this with my company because I've made the mistake so many times of launching something new and shiny and nobody gave a shit. And so, you know, I'll send out a member survey with here's the things that we want to launch next year. And like, I was so adamant that everyone would want to get text messages reminding them about networking events. I was ready to like build out the whole system. And in the survey, it was 10%. Out of 400 people, 40 people. Now those 40 people, it might be really helpful resource, but a shitload of work if the other 360 aren't going to touch it, right? So I think that like my tip for you moving into the new year, getting started, looking at your goals, evaluating things is to make sure you stop for like a minute, ask questions of your vendor partners, your referral partners, your clients that you're super close with, past clients. You've got super fans that got married in the last year. Reach out to them. Say, hey, can we spend 30 minutes on Zoom? I'll give you an anniversary cake for free or, you know, I'll print your favorite wedding image. Like do something to give back for getting their help. But stop and ask and then really listen to the responses. And that was such a life-changing experience. I sound so stupid, but like, I just can't, I can't thank ourselves enough for doing that this time around rather than stressing ourselves out to create things that would have been rushed because now we learned exactly what to do. So it was, that was my third takeaway for you from things that you can implement. I know it wasn't like a specific class, but still good stuff. I think everybody should do that in their businesses. Yeah. Cause how do you know? Like, how do you know what it don't? If people like what it tastes like or yeah. If, if you're not selling certain things, it's because you're not listening to what the clients are asking for or what they're requesting. You know, this is how you learn. This is, yeah, this and, is how we learn. And sometimes you can like, let's say you're a florist and you really want to add two new arches, I don't know, to your repertoire. You know, pick the top four that you see online that you really like that you'd want to be able to invest in and send them out to the venues, the planners, the people who refer you and say, is this cool? Because they may be like, oh, we can get that from this person over there, but no one has anything like this. And it could be a differentiator. They might open the door for you, but you've got to take the time to ask and listen to the responses. So Mm -hmm. I concur. It was a good year at MBA, basically. It was a great year. You guys should go. You should go and you should find us next year is what we're saying. Yeah. You should go to Wedding MBA. You should look at it. Block the calendar now. It does take blocking it out because it's always in November, which can be a busy season across the country, no matter where you're at. So um, take the time and listen. Vanessa, what are we talking about on our next episode? You know, this is a, a wedding business podcast and I feel like we are already married. So we are talking about anniversary, our podcast anniversary. <laughs> yeah. So our one year came and went while we were both down for health reasons. And so, you know, while we are a few episodes past the one a week, 52 episodes, we wanted to stop and celebrate with you, our listeners, and kind of give you some ideas of where this podcast is going next. So that will be, stay tuned and go listen to our next episode. We're going to tell you what this upcoming year is going to look like because it's going to be different. Little different, changing shit up as we do. As we we tell you to do in your own businesses, we are also doing in the podcast. If you feel like 
This podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we potentially made you laugh and giggle. Just a little bit. Follow, subscribe, share it with a friend, and leave us a review below. Want to hear our honest opinion on something in the wedding industry? Any topic, we're open for it. DM us on Instagram, your pet peeves, annoying situations, and just problems you want solved. And we will add it to the sound off checklist. Now go make epic shit happen.